the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Victory Monday? Oh, James, it's a Victory Monday. It feels like it's been a while. I'm, I'm supporting the TJ Watt here. Listen, we talked about the three keys to success. My three keys to success almost came to fruition. Uh, at least one of them. We will talk about that in a minute. Um, but before that, James, how are you doing today? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Today we will be uh, enjoying from a new beverage container provided to me by my father-in-law that I absolutely love. Very so. nice. Very nice. For those of you that can't see, it does have a picture of uh, James's wife on it, who, again, we did lose recently. So we miss her dearly, and it's nice that she's still part of the show. That's it, man. She's still here. Um, but yeah, we're excited. Always my number one supporter on it, too. Always. <laughs> 100%. I can confirm. <laughs> um, and she's a Browns fan. So uh-huh. <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, we do we do want to talk real quick. We did have one person reach out to us on YouTube uh, this past week, Jesse. And Jesse um, is someone that I ran into at work, actually, who shared his three keys to success for uh, taking down the Cincinnati Bengals. His were, real quick, uh, we're having a dominant run game, which I believe Pittsburgh did. You know, yeah. it, it, they didn't put up 200 yards rushing this week. Uh, but they definitely did put up, I mean, over 150. So that was fantastic. Uh, number two, locking down Cincinnati's receivers. I would argue that was Check. done, especially <laughs> J- Jamar Chase being locked down by Joe, you know, Joey Porter Jr. And then also moving the ball much more efficiently, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with kind of mine. Uh, one of my three keys to success, I think, was you know time management, sustained drives. Uh, which Pittsburgh definitely did. I think 37 minutes was time of possession compared to oh, like yeah. 22. It was incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Um, not a single three and out in the game. Not one. <laughs> we'll get it. I'm, I'm just so ready to talk about all of it, but we'll get into it just momentarily <laughs> here. Um, we do want to talk other things before this. So we obviously have roster moves and stuff that happens and actives, all those, all those things. Uh, linebacker, you have something. I have something, Jesse, for being the very per- first person to ever give us their three keys to success on a YouTube comment. You're our number one pick, buddy. Number one. Good job, pick. Jesse. Woo! Um, <laughs> listen, I mean, he hit. He hit on all three. He hit all on, three. Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. That was fantastic. Outstanding work. Yeah. Um, linebacker Tariq Carpenter was elevated from the practice squad for the Bengals game uh inactives Mason Rudolph per usual Anthony McFarland which caught me off guard a little bit um me too Minka Blake Martinez not surprised there Montrevis Adams and Dylan Cook Dylan Cook's just been riding that train all year um so those guys were the inactives for the game now the recap James wild first half all right excuse me wild first quarter in my opinion um yeah Pittsburgh kind of showed a little bit of life early I think the first play of the game was a pass downfield uh middle of the field to Pat Frymuth was very excited the, the exact same thing we've been talking about you've been declaring for and yelling for and wanting <laughs> you know use the middle of the field use the tight ends we have them they're capable and play number one without Matt Canada again he was fired previous to this game play number one boom Pat Frymuth 23, 24 yard gain, something, something like that. I can't yeah. remember exactly. Um, 
First drive stalled. Second drive, we thought we had a touchdown. Didn't or got called back. And then we wound up fumbling the ball away. Jalen Warren, one of his very few fumbles on the year um, and since his rookie year. Kind of awkward there. But after that first quarter, man, it's like the team came alive again. Yeah. Yeah, offense just moving the ball efficiently. Um, lots of good deep balls. Uh, Kenny Pickett just very accurate, completed 73% of his passes on this game. Uh, might be his best performance on the year as far as completion percentage-wise. Uh, and I'm going to say that that was the most yards passing he's had in a game this season also. I don't think he's done any better than 278 so far uh, on the season. Even the game he had two touchdowns, I don't think he was over like 250, maybe 255, somewhere around there. We're gonna uh, but out. tremendous performance from Kenny. Uh, and just being calm, collected, going through his reads. Um, it seemed like once again, the only time he wasn't on the same page with the receiver was when he was throwing to Deontay Johnson, which continues to be an issue as far as Deontay not being on the same page with Kenny. Uh, once again, Kenny was on the same page with every other receiver running back and tight end on the field. Uh, so either he's on the wrong page and the receiver's on the wrong page all the time, and it's just a, a happy accident nonstop with all the other guys, or something's going on at Deontay isn't understanding where he's supposed to be. Something. Um, and just to confirm your suspicion, was the best completion rating he's had all year, second was against the Rams, and was the most yards he's had all year, the second was also against the Rams. So, um just a phenomenal game from Kenny Pickett. Phenomenal game from the offensive side of the ball with play calling, with you know making sure that players were in the right places. Um, I mean, even the screen plays, for the most part, minus maybe one or two, looked better. Um, I saw we shared a uh, completion chart kind of on our Facebook page that somebody posted from last week's game to this week's game, and it was drastically different. You saw the utilization of the, in the, the middle of the field. Um, all of our screens awkwardly went to one side of the, of the field this week, which was strange to look at, but that's just how it worked out, I guess. Love the Eddie Faulkner and Sullivan kind of tag team. I think that worked very, very well. I also like that uh, Sullivan was wearing like bright yellow, all yellow, very easy for Kenny Pickett <laughs> to spot from the sideline. Um, I'm sure that was on purpose, kind of for communication Very purposes. intentional. Yes. Yeah, I um, think you're right. I think that's very intentional. <laughs> but it worked, man. That I mean, that was by far the most offensive output we've had all year. And quite frankly, in multiple years, we broke the 400-yard drought that we've had for the last 59 games. The entire, you know, the entirety of uh, Matt Canada's time in Pittsburgh never passed for 400 yards. And the very first game without him, I don't think it's coincidence that we did go over 400 yards. Um, and realistically, the point total would have been higher had that call been officiated correctly. Yep. Uh, it was a confirmed touchdown catch uh, by former head of officiating Gene Sterator, who happened to be working for CBS covering that day. Uh, and it's rare that the officiating person actually agrees with me on this stuff, to be honest with you. I often differ in opinion, but I thought it was pretty clear. Deontay got three feet down and in bounds, and then as he was going out of bounds, the ball was knocked loose. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's already a touchdown when that third foot hits the ground. Yep. 
Uh, so if it would have been challenged, it should have been overturned and called the touchdown. And then just a dang shame because, you know, Jalen Warren hardly ever fumbles, fumbles on the next play. Uh, and we'll get to it at some point. And I don't know if you want me to address it now or wait oh. till we talk wide receivers, but I think I kind of want to address it now. Yeah, honestly. it makes sense. Um, yeah. So on the play, I, I know that he's probably frustrated for not getting the touchdown call on the play before. It's a run play to his side. He never even engages the cornerback opposite him. Uh, Jalen Warren fumbles. And who is the guy that recovers it? The corner opposite Deontay Johnson. Deontay was standing right there. Never even looked to see how the result of the play was going. And his guy picks the fumble up and returns it like 30 yards. A complete lack of effort, and again, a lack of being a team player. Yep. And, and if I, there's a question going on about is someone a team player or is there someone who's not a team player, there's one person who consistently, by their actions on the field, check marks the box themselves of not being a team player. Yep. And it is Deontay Johnson. Yep. And I even saw a different angle that I hadn't seen in the game or at least don't remember seeing in the game that was kind of like above the play looking down at the ball. And you see the ball and how close Deontay actually was oh, to it. so close. He was the closest person to it when it hit the ground. Hands down. Not even. If it he's wasn't paying even, attention, it's an easy recovery for him. And and potentially extra yards, potential touchdown. I mean, there were and guys. The least we're getting a field goal. At, at the, the very least. least. At the very least. And, and that changes the dynamics of the game early, I think. They went on to punt. Um still and we only got a field goal the next the following drive but i think if you get you know points there it changes the whole game um don't get me wrong we yeah. still won it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but it, th- those plays will matter down the road those plays will matter in games in tight games uh against better teams than cincinnati obviously cincinnati's a great team uh luckily for us they were without joe burrow i think with joe burrow that that game potentially goes the other way and by a noticeable noticeable amount not saying anything bad against their rookie uh quarterback he actually or not the rookie quarterback excuse me jake browning first career start quarterback if i'm not mistaken um he's bounced around from minnesota practice squad to cincinnati practice squad and now getting his first career start um he played well i I don't want to take anything away from him you know what i mean he had the interception um he threw about five interceptable balls man he just got lucky 100%. (laughs) And every ball that could have bounced in the favor of Cincinnati did in this game. DeMar Chase included two batted passes that he caught. Yeah, two of them that were batted highly in the air, and somehow magically the wide receiver never even had to break stride, and it fell right into his arms. I mean, that's as lucky as it gets. Uh, Usually when a ball is batted and goes straight up in the air, the defense comes up with it. In both times that that happened in this game, uh, the offense caught it and the intended receiver, even though the ball ended up landing nowhere near where it was intended to go. Uh, so that's just a big stroke of luck, heavily in the favor of Cincinnati. Uh, and then you had the one interception opportunity that DeMonte KZ had. He jumped the route beautifully, and it just went right through his hands. You know, like He barely got his fingers on it, uh, and his hands were there. It just, like, he didn't squeeze his hands. Yeah, Should have been an easy pick. Honestly, should have been a pick six had he caught it. Uh, so I think Browning had a, an okay game that really should have been a very bad game. 
just in my opinion. Yeah, uh, no. Just a, a lot of very interceptable balls in this game. No, I see that completely. And, and again, you know, we talked about our offensive output. They put up 421 yards. The defense held their offense, which is still very potent, to 222. They held Joe Mixon to, if I'm not mistaken, under 20 yards rushing, only 16 yards rushing, the 25 yards rushing as a total team uh, for the Bengals. That's incredible. Now, I realize, you know, sometimes they were playing from behind and having to pass the ball downfield and try to get in field goal range or touchdown or whatever late in the game. But for the most part of that game, it was a close game. I mean, even the final score was close. Yeah. It's one possession. Um, I mean, realistically, Pittsburgh didn't get the lead until the third quarter. So, true. you know, they're playing from the front, and they just were unable to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I was very impressed. You know, we're going to – let's let's hop into talking about specific guys because we're just going to do it anyways. Um, let's go through the offense like normal. Kenny Pickett, we talked about his game. 24-33, best completion percentage of his season so far. 278 yards, best, best throwing or uh, passing yards of the entire season so far. Best game Kenny Pickett's had so far without a touchdown, which is hysterical, but just the way it is. Um, proud of his judgment, proud of his plays. He he made a couple plays with his legs. He was able to do things. Um, he kept his eyes downfield. I was happy with him use, utilizing the middle of the field, especially with how many times he went to Pat Fryermuth. We'll get to that in a second. On the running game, uh, Najee Harris, 15 for 99 in, a, in that one touchdown. Jalen mm-hmm. Warren, 13 for 49, a much lower um payload for him than normal but at the same time it was lower for the running backs as a whole i feel like we didn't run as much as we have in the past few weeks it wasn't as heavily um running it's like mixture his output was nowhere near what it was the last i mean he had that 75 yard touchdown run so so if you took the total passes this week and the total runs, it's almost identical. So it was a very balanced attack this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jalen actually had more carries than he had last week. Just didn't have the big plays, didn't seem to have the lanes. This game was a more physical game. Yeah. This is a game that when you came in contact with a defender, you needed to keep your legs going because you're going to get extra yards if you're able to do so. Uh, and this was a game for Najee Harris, and it just goes to show that this approach of having two feature backs is actually a really good thing uh, because a lot of games Jalen Warren is just by his his speed his ability to juke people up and to kind of shiftily break tackles and have people slide off of him uh, is really really capable of putting off a lot of yards touchdowns long plays all that but games like this one need a running back like Najee here at the Harris to be successful. I mean, there was that one play on first and 10 where it looked like it was going to be a two or three yard run and Najee just keeps going. And then wound up being like a 20 yard run over 20 yards on the play. Yes. Just drove the pile. uh, And on this play, who did you see in there in the offensive line? Oh, Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones was in there pushing the pile. It actually pushed it so hard it got away from me. He had to run to catch back up to it. Yeah. I was going to say Pat (laughs) Fryermuth was in there too. And the entire length of the play, Pat Fryermuth was in there driving the pile. At the end, Connor Hayward jumps in on it. And then another offensive lineman caught up to it near the end too because that's infectious. When you have something going on like that where your running back is driving three or four or five defenders – almost 20 yards down the field. Man, is it infectious to jump in and push on that pile. 
And that's where things start going in snowballing in a good way for you. Yep. Uh, so I thought that Najee was very impressive. He ran really hard. Lots of times he had big collisions with defenders and it would look like he was stopped and then he'd get his legs going again. And next thing you know, he's got another three to five yards after that contact. Uh, so I just thought he was very impressive in this game. And it's a dang shame that his last run went for negative one yards and he ended up one yard short of a hundred. Yep. It's a dang shame, but what are you going to do? It's still a tremendous game for him. 6.6 yeah. yards per carry is a great output. Yeah, no, that's fantastic for him, especially with where he's been in the past few years. And, and especially the first game without Matt Canada, seeing that the Najee, it's not Najee Harris. It's not Najee Harris, not being able to run the ball. People are, you know, downplaying him as a player, all this stuff, that's not the case. Um, and so Najee is going to have a fantastic rest of the year. I assume Jalen Warren will have his as well. Um, curious to see how they're going to be because they they were so close before this game. And they, I mean, they didn't even, they were separated by 50 yards this game. I'm curious how they're going to favor yardage-wise um, and usage-wise as a whole for the rest of the year. Uh, on the receiving end of things, Pat Frymuth, nine receptions. <laughs> we told him to pass Career to the high. tight end. We didn't tell him to do it the whole game, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it's that effective, just don't stop. Yeah, nine I'm receptions for 120 <laughs> yards. That's fantastic. Um, On 11 targets, this is why you throw to your tight ends because they catch dang near everything. Tight, tight ends and, as and, a whole in this game were, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 12 receptions for 131 yards on looks like 141 141 on 15 attempts so there's only three misses not even no there was only two i lied two 14 just two yeah connor was perfect two two catches for 11 yards on two targets darno was perfect one catch for 10 yards on one target uh and then like we mentioned with pat just a monster day nine catches for 120 yards is just insane for a tight end that's the kind of stuff you expect to see out of like a travis kelsey or a george kittle or one of these guys that's going to the pro bowl every year right um but pat doesn't get numbers like that nope he's that guy that gets you know 46 catches in a game 50 to 70 yards and in, in a touchdown on a good game. This wasn't a good game from Pat. This was the best game of his career. And he blocked well. But he could have been doing this the whole time had Matt Canada utilized him properly. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. Oh, 100%. I can't wait to see what he ends up with season end totals, knowing that the first nine games he had like, I, I don't know, did he have nine catches in the first nine games total? I feel like second. he didn't. And I know that he missed a lot of time with the hamstring injury, but I feel like he had less than nine catches coming into this game and had nine in this game. He had he had nine receptions in this game. Or he had yes. nine receptions in other than this game. Okay. So he doubled his season total in one game. Now just wait. Yeah. Let me do the math here. Oh. You're comparing yards, huh? He, <laughs> he, you want to know what he did? In progress. You want to know what he did? He doubled his catches. Yeah. And he doubled his yards in this game. Like, let me clarify. <laughs> so, yeah. He multiplied his yards by two in this game alone. Like he had 60 yards. Yeah. And he, now he's he going to put up 120 in the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they can keep this up, 
Um, next thing you know, they're going to have no choice to be talking about Pat Frymuth to the uh, Pro Bowl for the first time this season, yep. especially with Mark Andrews out. You know, this is something I called for at the beginning of the season. That This was the year for the breakout for Pat. This was the year for Pat to pass up Mark Andrews and start getting some Pro Bowl votes and start getting in the Pro Bowl. Uh, if they can continue this, he'll absolutely make it in because Mark's out for the rest of the season. So yep. uh, he's not playing in the Pro Bowl. They need another candidate in there. He keeps doing this, start getting in the end zone a few times. Uh, Pat's going to get votes, no doubt. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I thought real nice game out of George Pickens just to start covering some of the other receivers in this game. Um, there was one throw that just barely missed George. wasn't George's fault. Uh, Kenny just kind of barely missed him. Uh, and it's nice seeing balls that are that close. I don't even think you know, Kenny missed him. It, it was, I think, more than anything, it was the 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 hand fighting a little bit between him and the corner just got him off up? a little bit. Okay. You know, you break up the timing of a wide receiver and a quarterback just that much, and I think that was sure. the difference in that play yeah. specifically. Yeah, it, but it was a very, very close miss, right? Very, uh, yes. So instead of it being like off by a couple of feet, we're talking about inches and George barely getting his fingers on it uh, rather than it being missing by a ton, and he has a chance. Uh, Deontay Johnson, four catches for 50 yards on eight targets, so only catching 50% of his balls. Um, unfortunately, that's just not great. He did better in the second half. Uh, but in the first back half, he was definitely holding the team back, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, which you, you can't see for your wide receiver that's making all the money. Uh, that's a former Pro Bowler. Yeah, he's he should be leading, and it shouldn't be. Oh well, yeah, third and fourth quarter. Now he's going to start playing good. Uh, you you got to get better out of Deontay. There's no doubt about that. Um, Jalen Warren on three targets caught all three for 13 yards. One of them he got blown up five yards behind the line of scrimmage, so that. Uh, would have looked a lot better had that not been the case on that yep. one. Uh, Allen Robinson, one catch for 11 yards on one target. Uh, and then Calvin Austin, the third, one catch for five yards on one target. Yeah. Uh, so guys were catching it, man. There's only one person on this entire team that was 50% or less on catching what was targeted his way. Yep. So um, I will give Deontay credit for the one thing that happened. Um Kenny Pickett had a kind of collapsing pocket at one point and made a throw uh, to him kind of going on an out route. And it was very low. And Deontay did a very good job of going down and low pointing that ball, which you typically talk about high pointing a ball. Um, But he made sure it was almost like a finger or a shoelace catch where it was very, very low next to his ankles. Did a good job of making the catch and staying on his feet and trying to make a move. Um, Got tackled pretty quickly after that, but the fact that he was able to catch that move, uh, catch that pass when it was thrown so low was very, very good of him, and I'm proud of that. But again, uh, if you look at his first quarter highlights, because somebody made a highlight reel of his first quarter, it's a, mm. it's a drop touchdown pass. It's uh, not even running a route or blocking for a run play and then missing the, you know, the fact that, somebody picked up a fumble right in front of your face yeah. and not pursuing him either. And then there was a third thing that he did that I can't remember. Um, oh, I'll tell you what the third one was. He caught a ball. Mike Hilton tried to tackle him. Backwards. He broke the tackle and then upon running, lost his balance and fell backwards and lost three yards on the play. Yep. I remember that now. Yeah. Could have been a first down, but he just kind of fell after already b- breaking the tackle and already regaining his balance. Just kind of like tripped on the turf kind of thing. Okay. 
It's a rough uh, first half for him. Rough, rough first half. As rough as his first half was, his second half was that much better. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just got to get complete games out of him, man. If Deontay Johnson played the way he does in some second halves, an entire game, I would be raving about him every week instead of going on rants about him every week. Yep. And we want to we want to rave about him. We do. We don't. Yes. We're not. It's not. He's getting paid is, too much money to not be raving about. Him. This is drastically <laughs> different than my Terrell Terrell Edmonds hate. I actually want. Yeah. Deontay Johnson to play well and to do well with us and to stay here and have a career. But I want you to have a career in every game, not half games. Yeah. Let's talk I about that, man. Let's do it, man. I thought Broderick looked good in this game, especially mm-hmm. in the run game. Uh, effective once again. The left side seemed to have struggles in pass protection once again uh, with Dan Moore getting beat a few times in this game. Uh, even Isaac Ciamalo I saw struggling from time to time. Uh, but I felt like Mason Cole and James Daniels were playing pretty good in this one. I uh, didn't see too much coming from the right side or up the middle. Just the left side kept on co- basically collapsing. Yeah. And Mason Cole was the la- the the last offensive lineman that was running in into that pile that we talked about earlier where Najee Harris okay. was pushing the pile. That was Mason Cole coming up. So love to see that. Love the nasty that we've been looking for. It's finally here, James. Um, <laughs> super excited about that. Defensive side of the ball. Um, the defensive front, I thought, played very, very well. Larry Ogunjobi got his hands up and patted, batted down a ball at one point. Um, you had Cameron Hayward getting very involved. Cameron Hayward had himself a sack. He had uh, four tackles on the game, two, two, two solos and one assist. Um, Keanu Benton had a phenomenal game, in my opinion. He was consistently uh, pushing back the offensive lineman, breaking down, uh, allowing pressure on the quarterback, not letting runs go past him. He was, I thought this was probably the best all around game from Keanu Benton, even to the point where he almost got involved with a sack. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't get any kind of credit for anything and that's fine, but he was very, very close to getting involved. Um, Other than that, I thought the defensive front again, 25 rushing yards as a team that we allowed the Bengals to have. That's phenomenal from our defensive front, and specifically yeah. those big anchors up front, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Cam Hayward, and Keanu Benton. Yeah, and a little more Cam and Keanu than Larry. Actually, get any stats other than that deflected ball. That's true. Uh, so didn't really get his hands on the runner, uh, but sometimes it's more about just being stout at the point of attack and not allowing anyone to go through you and forcing them to go around, uh, containing your players per se um middle linebackers let's go there one of my keys on this game was to see a balanced attack and effort from the middle linebackers uh and we got that four tackles from landon roberts four from michael walker Uh, they were the only two middle linebackers to play on the defensive side of the ball we did see Tariq carpenter on special teams also mark robinson on special teams um michael walker even deflected a pass uh, yep. Went straight up in the air, and then that was one of the ones that somehow Jamar Chase caught perfectly yep. in stride. Uh, but I thought that Michael had a much better game. I also noticed at one point in time during this game that they were alternating back and forth between Michael wearing the green dot and Elandon wearing the green dot. Uh, so he must really be impressed. Uh, the coaching staff must really be impressed with his uh, football IQ and understanding of the playbook and where people are supposed to be. If they're allowing him to be the signal caller at certain times, that's a pretty big step. So um, 
nice to see the evolution. Nice to see his results uh, on the upward trend because we had that going on, right? Yep. Like Cole Holcomb was doing well. Quan Alexander started getting some really nice contributions. Then we lose them both for the season. We're starting all over. Yep. Uh, so who are the guys that can step up, start making plays and making things happen? We're going to talk about one in the secondary. I guarantee you that. Uh, but we got to talk outside linebackers before we get to that. Yeah. And these outside linebackers uh, came together and did exactly what I wanted them to do, James. James, I called for it. Uh, four sacks in my keys to success. I wanted to, uh, you know, provide some pressure. I called for. Nick Herbig, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, and TJ Watt all to get sacks. You know what? Three of those guys got sacks, and one of them got two. So I'm still going to say I was right. (laughs) Uh, You know, Alex Highsmith just said, hey, TJ, here's mine. Take it. Uh, But Nick Herbig, on his sack, you know, it was a broken play. Uh, Browning kind of scrambled out to the left side of the field. And at one point, Nick Herbig, from 15, 20 yards away, probably more 15, just said, hey, I don't think there's anyone in my zone that I'm guarding right now. Or if it was man to man, his man was in the backfield blocking or something. And he said, I'm just going to go get this quarterback. And Browning was an idiot for not throwing this ball away and and avoiding the sack. (laughs) But Nick Herbig was a missile and, uh, and got his second sack on the year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. Yeah. And I think Browning drastically underestimated the speed that Nick Herbig has. Uh, He's a, He's a very fast outside linebacker. Usually that kind of speed you only see from middle linebackers. Not the case. Nick is very, very quick. Uh, so uh, he, he made it look easy, honestly. He's just It reminded me of Kendrell Bell back in the day and how explosive oh, Kendrell Bell was flying into somebody and blowing him up. Uh, so that was really neat. TJ just being TJ. Uh, now – Miles Garrett did not get any sacks this week. I understand there was a shoulder injury also. Mm. I don't know how significant that was. Uh, so TJ, at least past Miles, he may be sitting at number one in the NFL now. He's at least a half past, half a sack past Miles, who was in first place. I don't know if any of the people in between or also in contention up top uh, surpassed what TJ's got going on now. Uh, but there's a chance that TJ is back in first place in the NFL. Cody's actually looking this up for us right now. Uh, But a great overall performance from TJ with five tackles, ended up tied for team lead with five tackles, two sacks, tackle for loss. Uh, One of those sacks was a strip sack. It's uh, just (laughs) the same old story. TJ just being very, very disruptive, uh, unblockable in the run. There's even some plays where he was out there in coverage. (laughs) <laughs> dropped back in coverage and made some plays. DJ Watt is in Put it out, Cody. first place in the sack category right now at 13 and a half. Nice. Uh, Khalil Mack and Miles Garrett both sit at 13. Danielle Hunter and Josh Allen are at 12. So nice. It's a close one this year. It is. It's a lot closer than normal. Normally you have one or two guys that are just taken off. Um, yeah. And and these guys are all fighting pretty hard. I think that TJ, with the way the offense is performing and the fact that teams are going to have to probably start passing the ball more against us um, mm-hmm. because they might actually be down on the scoreboard potentially and they might not be able to run as easily, I expect TJ to have a little bit more uh, input in the sack column this year. So hopefully he breaks. This- yeah. Yeah, and the, the secondary's tightening up too. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So they're not able to just 
through step back and throw, step back and throw, step back and throw. Uh, and when you start scoring more points on offense and holding the def- the other team to a lower point total, they can't just keep their tight ends and running backs out there to chip your outside linebackers no. every play because they need them on the routes. They need them out there. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. This is going to be pretty favorable. Nice to see Cam get back in the sack column. Uh, yep. he, he doesn't have a lot on the year with all the time that he missed, so hopefully he can follow this up and have a strong uh, remaining part of the season as well. Uh, on to the secondary, uh, and I think – the person that we should talk about first in this is the practice squad guy that's been starting for a couple of weeks now. Uh, And and I'm going to let you take the, the, the torch on this one, Cody, because I know you really like this guy. Brenton Thompson, man, uh, (laughs) had a phenomenal game. He had, he made himself known. He was making tackles. He was making hits. He was making plays. Um, He had one pass breakup. He had one interception, which was the only interception of the game for either team was fantastic play. Um, perfectly diagnosed and read the quarterback's eyes on a play where he was kind of guarding uh, a, a kind of not really the flats, but like a, a hook. No, he zone had the guy area. that was he had the guy that had the go pattern out mm-hmm. of the slot, uh, and the guy that was on the outside ran it out. He read the quarterback and jumped the route and got the pick. Yeah, it was, it was Jamar beautiful. Chase. It was Jamar Chase yeah. that ran that route, and he jumped right in front of it. Uh, great play for him. Great he almost broke the tackle and kept going for more. Um, but great play by Trenton Thompson. Uh, I expect him to be earning a full-time position on the team, even after Minka comes back. Uh, I'm excited for the future with him potential. Maybe they start him next to Minka later next year. Who knows? Um, Real excited for. This I think guy. you're seeing potential there. Yeah. Cause I mean, KZ's 29 years old. So KZ's, at his maximum, really, of what he can be. And he's been pretty good. Uh, KZ almost got a pick in this game, let it go through his hands, and and Trenton Thompson let him know about it right away, which was fun to see the interaction between those two and the chemistry there. Uh, But we've been talking for years now, who's going to be the safety next to Minka? Who's going to be the safety? And this guy is the the safety prototype as far as size, but you know what? He's, He's actually a lot bigger than KZ. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's actually like outside corner size instead of slot corner size like KZ is. Yeah. 6'1", uh, so 6'1", 196-pound kid. That's that's good. You can pack some more meat on him and not slow him down too much. Uh, but I'm all right with it. I, I think that you still look for the possibility of something greater coming out in the draft. Uh, but if you have to start Trenton Thompson next to Micah Fitzpatrick next year, I think it might end up actually being an upgrade over KZ. I agree. I don't like him wearing the number 17, though. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's got to change. That's Mike I'm Wallace's like, number. Uh, yeah, I'm like Mike <laughs> Wallace, Eli Rogers. Like, what's happening here? Uh, <laughs> I just don't understand yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's an offensive number. Yeah, so we'll see what he decides to do there. Um, but he did lead the secondary. Him and um, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. as well had himself a phenomenal mm-hmm. game. Locked down uh, Jamar Chase. Another game where he kind of just follows the guy. Jamar Chase. Had four receptions for 81 yards. Don't get me wrong. He still put up some numbers. Uh, led their team in receptions and receiving yards. But six targets, two of those were really good, too. Only two of those catches were against Joey Porter. The other two were against other deep. There you go. That's what Joey matters. held them to, like, 24 yards on the two catches he allowed. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, 
yep. phenomenal play from Joey Porter. Um, he's, he's all around playing very well. Patrick Peterson had a nice breakup as well. Um, on a, a play that I think was like a design screen almost or something like that. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember how that play looked, but a phenomenal job. I thought he was going to pick it. It was very, very close. Um, but Pat Pete got his hands up and made a play. Levi Wallace made a play. I think they, they called it a pass breakup. It really, or pass defended. It really kind of wasn't. He just kind of touched the guy and he, the other guy missed the ball anyways. So. Hey, that's a breakup. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> sure. Give Here's some the stats. way I'm Give looking at this. I feel like Patrick Peterson is really getting comfortable in the system and looking a yep. lot better the last few weeks. And I feel like this is a lot like what we saw with Joe Hayden. When Joe Hayden came to Pittsburgh, it always seemed like every year, the first five to seven weeks or so, you're like, man, Joe just doesn't have it. He looks slow. He's having a hell of a time out there. And then he got more comfortable and he started getting a lot more pass breakups and he'd get some interceptions. And by the end of the season, you're saying, man, I'm glad we got Joe Hayden on the team. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening as the season's progressing with Patrick Peterson. He's getting his hands and and breaking up more and more passes and starting to look a lot more comfortable in this defense. Uh, It is starting to look like the secondary is not the glaring weakness that it was early on in the year. And the past few years. Yeah. It's been rough. It's been a rough time with the secondary since, you know, the, the departure of guys like Troy Palomalu and Ike Taylor. It's, it's been a lot of ups and downs with the secondary. Um, <clears throat> who, who would have thought, too, that the change, the big change in the dramatic increase in quality of, of it is going to be an aging veteran who's 33 years old at corner, a second-round rookie who now is starting and really looking like a lot. And then a practice squad undrafted safety starting for Minka, basically with Minka out. Like, talk about the unpredictable things happening, uh, but that's what's happening. And I'm, I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's joy. It's a joy to watch. It's enjoyable. It's fun. Um, It's keeping us on our toes and stressing us out all at the same time. Uh, With that being said, we'll move to special teams. Chris Boswell for president three for three. Uh, on field goals and one for one on extra points. Presley Harvin had himself an okay game. Nothing too crazy, nothing great. He had, I think, two punts that were inside the 20, which was fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. And the two touchbacks were 100% downable and screwed up by the Gunners. Yep. Uh, Yep. This was a game where the coverage unit and the Gunners specifically struggled mightily. I thought that at the end of this game, we should be talking about how Presley Harvin pinned him inside the 10 four times on all four punts. Yeah. And instead, we're talking about Presley having an okay game when it wasn't him screwing it up. That's it was Miles Boykin not understanding he's in the end zone, and you can't just jump while you're standing in the end zone. That doesn't work. you got to get back out of the end zone, get two feet down, establish yourself in the field of play once again, and then you can touch it. Uh and just these guys didn't get there. You know, there was another one where he punted it and it bounced. And then James Pierre catches it at the 10 and doesn't let it keep going. The momentum was going towards the end zone. Let it roll. Yep. Let it roll. It's probably going to go down to the five or the three or something, you know, and, and you're adding another five to seven yards and you're really pinning the offense deep in that situation. I was just confused as to why he grabbed it in that situation. They just had an off night. And typically these are very good gunners. So just, uh, a very, very peculiar performance from those guys. Uh, as far as 
kick returns. Nobody actually had any other than George Pickens on the onside return at the end of the game, which, which was honestly still great. a beautiful piece of coaching yep. and a great job by George Pickens and the return unit, the hands unit on that side of comprehending, hey, there are two minutes and three seconds in this game and the clock doesn't start until the man catches the ball. And if you go straight down, then like a second runs off the clock and that's it. And it was critical that they got at least four seconds off the clock on that play. So what did they do? George Pickens caught it and he just started driving his legs and seeing how many yards get and made sure he stayed in bounds. And they were able to drive five seconds off the clock, which then allowed them to just kneel the ball three times and, and win the game. Yeah, Otherwise, they, at some point in time, have, you have to try to get a first down. You would have had to try and get a first down or done the same thing that we've mm-hmm. always done, which is, you know, run the ball. Yep. Three run, times run, and run, and then back. punt. Yep. Yeah. Run, 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 and punt. Yep. So very, very under underestimated thing. And you could see both Danny Smith and Mike Tomlin go straight to the referee because the uh, the person controlling the clock in the stadium, of course, didn't run it. Not nope. even for a second, nope. probably because they understood what the the situation was and that it was game over. If you I mean, they were it. having so they, just they were having started. issues with those clocks the entire game. Uh, yeah, which was crazy. Yeah. But but yeah. yeah, Mike Tomlin got him to, to fix it. He got him to fix it, and that's that's a great piece of coaching there by both Danny Smith and Mike Tomlin on that of understanding. Hey, this is why we did it. Get those seconds off the clock because the game's over now. Yep. Uh, so great job by George Pickens on that. Uh, Calvin Austin, very un- inconsequential as far as the punt return game. Three returns for a grand total of two yards, longest one being five yards, which means he went backwards on some. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that's going to wrap up the game recap. Uh, we do have injury report, which is very brief. Uh, George Pickens got the wind knocked out of him on that play that was kind of just barely out of reach. He did die for it. He made a great effort for it. I'll give him that. Uh, came down, knocked the wind out of him, came back in, played the rest of the game. Calvin Austin yeah. has an ankle injury uh, per Mike Tomlin's post-game press conference. Unsure uh, how bad that injury is, if it's going to be affect next week, his availability, um, or anything like that. So we don't know there. Um, and then I just want to take a second before we go on to talk about the, the thing that's going to be happening next week, Sunday, uh, or next Sunday. I do want to give a shout-out. Uh, to the Princeton football team from West Virginia here uh, where I'm at. <laughs> they had a phenomenal uh, playoff game, 173 to 70. There was a wide lack of defense, um, but it was an enjoyable game. I was there with, with the girlfriend, and uh, it was a great time. It was a good time. It was cold. Uh, I enjoyed it. I missed playoff football, high school playoff football in the heat of it. Good times, uh, but great game all around. The one guy had, the, I mean, the one got player for them had 330 yards receiving and like three touchdowns, which was crazy. Um, so enjoyable game. And Penn State so, with the crap out of Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, which was nice. That was nice. Uh, so this upcoming week, future sh- show programming. Wednesday, we'll be doing our live show on Pro Sports Fans app. We are also the featured hosts this upcoming Sunday for the Steelers game versus the Cardinals. Uh, So tune in on pro sports fans Sunday uh, starting coverage at 1245. And these two beautiful faces will be yours exclusively for three straight hours of Steelers versus Cardinals blitz. That's Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh West. Yep. Uh, No doubt about that. Great time. And then of course we'll have our Friday show 
looking forward to the Cardinals game too. We'll have some information on that ankle injury by Wednesday on that Wednesday pro sports fans app show. So join us there and we'll tell you all about it. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for watching or listening again. Please make sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and PSF, Pro Sports Fans. Download the app. Yeah. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. Peace.